Good morning. We're, um, we're going to get the service started. I really plan on today teaching, if that's okay. I, I don't feel like preaching today. Um, sometimes, and that doesn't mean I won't get a little exhortation to you in this message, but this is really a teaching lesson. Um, and I hope that we can all learn a little bit. Um, it's good that we come to church. I think everyone here pretty much is, um, if not a believer in Christ, is, is a member of our church. And hopefully someday want to be a member of our church, right, um, if you're visiting. So, uh, Micah, I'm going to ask you to put the 13th chapter of Hebrews up. And we're going to start with the, I believe it's the 8th verse. And we're going to go through a few of these uh, verses. Um, some of that we'll just gloss over. Uh, but some will really, will really uh, uh, stay focused on. The title of this scripture or this lesson is The Sacrifice of Praise. Let's think about that a second. The Sacrifice of Praise, okay? So can you give me some examples of in what you think would be Giving praise to the Lord when it really counts or calls for a sacrifice. Think about that. Praising the Lord when it really calls for a sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise, meaning that you really literally, you really sacrificed in order to give praise back to God. So think about that. What, give me an example of what you think that would be. Someone. Anyone. Praying for uh, relief and, and then realizing that maybe this is a blessing in disguise and then just saying, Lord, heal my soul. And uh, maybe that's something what you're alluding to. I, I, I think that's awesome, Brother Joe. What, so when you're going through a trial, brothers and sisters, if you stay the course, you know, Jesus said two words, two words. It captures the whole gospel in two words to his disciples. You know what they were? They had their nets and they were fishing. And what did he say to them? Follow me. Follow me. Two words. I was going to start singing it, Ron, but he told them, follow me. And so a sacrifice of praise is when you are really in a world of hurt. And you decide that no matter what I'm suffering with, I'm not going to leave you, Lord. Remember one time it got hard. Do you remember this, this story in the Bible? It got hard. And many of his disciples, the scripture says that after it got hard, left him. But what he was going to say, what he was saying was like, this, I, can't, I can't hang with this. Can't, can't, can't hang with it. I think about some of our young people here. Look at me a minute. I need, I need you to lock onto my eyes a minute. You're young, you have full of energy, but when it gets hard, you're gonna leave the Lord? I'm, I'm looking for a yes or no. No, you're not gonna leave the Lord, right? I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it's good I put you on the spot, right? Because God puts you on, you're on the spot every day for Jesus. Do you agree with me? Every day, things come at your life, and a sacrifice of praise is, I'm not gonna do what everyone else is doing, I'm gonna follow Christ, amen? You give me an amen on that? Livia, I love it. You're all in, see? She's beautiful. 
What else? Give me another example. So that's a great example. Affliction, and you're not healing me, Lord, when I need some healing. And I'm, I'm exercising faith. I know you're the God of all grace and mercy, but I'm still hurting. I'm not leaving you. Okay? That's a sacrifice of praise. What else? Yes. You have a situation that comes at you. Um, how many of you understand compounding interest? Do you ever have a compounding interest calculator? You, you are, you're a, a math teacher and you're a, a math connoisseur. You know what compound interest is? It's a wonderful thing, right? When it's good. It's a bad thing when a problem starts to compound. Two plus two equals four. Four more is eight. You see how it compounds? And then it goes to 16. Right, Art? Okay, I know math too. <laughs> well, it's a good thing when you put an investment in, but when you have a problem and it begins to compound, and all of a sudden you thought your head was above water and now you're drowning, right? Sometimes a sacrifice of praise is acknowledging you're in over your head, Sister Faye. And I need Jesus. And I'm going to sacrifice my ego and my self-sufficiency. And I'm going to surrender and humble myself to God. That he might lift me from this compounding problem. Amen? Amen. What else? Sacrifice of praise. What else? Patience. Who said that? Who said that? Patience. A sacrifice of praise is patience. Yeah, it would be. If you have to exercise patience, and, and that's what Joe's doing right now in his affliction. So that, that would be. All right, let me give you a couple more that are more relative to you and church, okay? Because this is, this is something good. Sister Mary, I'm going to ask you as your minister to do something for the church. And you are way outside your comfort zone. But I need help. And the Lord has prompted me to, to ask you for, for, for this task. But you're saying, no. 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 But Brother Pete's relentless. He's going to continue to ask you because God's asking you. Did you ever hear the song, I want to say yes? Did you ever hear that song? I'll say yes to anything, Lord. Did you ever hear that? Have you ever done that, said yes to anything the Lord's asked you? The answer is no. None of us have. But he wants us to. He wants us to say yes. So a sacrifice of praise is when you're literally out of your comfort zone. You have no clue what you need to do. But you are willing, trusting in God, trusting in the minister, trusting in your support. All your brothers and sisters, you step out and say, I'm going to sacrifice my ego even being embarrassed, right? And I'm going to trust in God that he's going to help me do the task that's before me. Moses, he was in shock when the Lord said to him, I want you to go and set my people free. Me? I'm a shepherd for my father-in-law's sheep in the desert, in the wilderness. 
the Lord taught him. No, 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 no. I'm going to do this for you. You're going to just be an instrument. And he had to step out. It was a sacrifice of praise. Now, God got him into a position to do that. He, he, was, he was humble. Right? He, was, he was Pharaoh's son. But regardless, have you ever done that? Have you ever stepped out for the Lord and said, I'm going to actually work for you, Lord. I don't know if I know how to do this or not. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you. That's a sacrifice of praise. Anytime you sacrifice what you want to do to what God wants you to do, you're praising the Lord. I don't know. Jesus, Scripture teaches us that he left his throne of glory. So he was God. Don't get hung up on the personages and all that. You'll drive yourself crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll understand all that when we get into the heavens. But we know he was God, come down from heaven. Okay, Emmanuel, God with us. And he was born of a virgin to fulfill the great plan of salvation. And I got to believe, as it got closer and closer to the time, the flesh started to get in the way. See, this is what you have to sacrifice for praise. It's not the spirit Spirit's willing, because that spirit connects with God when you're a Christian. You with me? It's the flesh. That's the enemy. And let me tell you something. Although Jesus was perfect and without sin, and he was God with us, the flesh still reared up and gave him some issues. Hey, hey God, in the Garden of Gethsemane, maybe there's another way. Maybe, maybe there's another way we can do this. He knew the ordained plan of God. He knew that the ridicule was coming and the beatings were coming and the scourging was coming. See, we don't know that. We, we go through life and we just, we just, you know, God spares us of the advance. Praise the Lord, right? Or who knows where we'd all be? Probably under a rock, crawling and hiding. He knew the crown of thorns was coming. More importantly than all that in the garden, he knew all of your sin was coming. That he would take on your sin, that you would in exchange receive his righteousness. Oh, what love, brothers and sisters. I, don't, I can't comprehend that love. And nothing was going to stop him from the cross of Calvary outside the gate, dying like a criminal. Not even a citizen of Jerusalem. He was outside the gate. We'll cover that in a second. You with me? Did he sacrifice? But praise the Lord, he sacrificed. So, the first verse we read, in case you might wonder, well, Brother Pete, it's all great what you're talking about, but that was for them. It's not for us today. That's not even possible today. Uh-uh. So the first thing the writer in Hebrew says, so that you get your mind in the right place about this topic, is what? Faye, read that for me. You believe that, Faye? Brother Stephen, you believe that? I believe that Christ of the cross has the power to change lives today. For he changed me completely. A new life is mine. And that's why by the cross I will stay, brothers and sisters. 
if he had the power to change Alma's life even before he was born, if he had the power to change the four sons of Messiah's life before he was born, if he had the power to change the thief on the cross's life while he was in the midst of death, he's got the power today, brothers and sisters, to change our lives and to make us an instrument in his hands worthy of sacrificing ourselves for praise to the Father. Amen. He's the same. His power's the same. His deliverance is the same. He's the same. And if anything's changed, you, you look at yourself and myself, our church, if anything's changed, it's because of ugly traditional teachings that have creeped in. That's the history of church. Amen? I got news for us. God was changing lives all the time. Now the church, well, that's a different story. We know by history that God looked at the church one time and said, I don't recognize this church anymore. And in order for it to have my name, it needs to be my church. It's got to have my gospel. I don't see it. We know that. So if anything changed, <laughs> if the law came to Israel, anyone know why it came? Why did the law come? If God's the same, yes, Bethany. Right, because of transgression, it was added. What was it added unto? The original gospel that was preached in the, in the garden. Book of Mormon teaches us that, okay? All right, so that's the first beautiful, beautiful verse. Now we go on, and, let, and we're going to just breeze through these next verses. Verse 9. It says, and be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. You see what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? There's only one doctrine and one gospel. You with me? There's only one. Okay? And so if it changes, it's because we're changing. So the writer says, for it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Well, that's the very core of the gospel. You, you agree? Okay? Forgiveness is the very core of the gospel. So your heart needs to be continually established in forgiveness, in grace. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because if you have that in your heart all the time, you're going to surrender quickly to God. Because you've got a grateful heart every day. You realize that you need grace every moment of the day. I need mercy every morning, Lord, because I'm a sinner and I need you. Brother Joe says, I, 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 if I'm not going to be healed, I want to pray, Lord, that, that I have your salvation. And you know what I said to Brother Joe? You have his salvation. You're saved to the uttermost. You've got to keep that salvation. That's your responsibility. The gift that God gave you. Keep it. Protect it, brothers and sisters. Guard it with your soul. That no one would steal it from you. The great, beautiful plan of salvation that God has given you through the power of Christ. Okay, then he goes on. So in this day, they were all messed up. You had the whole, the whole book of Hebrews is teaching them that these traditions that you followed, 
I mean, think about the book of Hebrews. It talks about the priest and it talks about the high priest and all the sacrifices, right? All it did was point them to Christ. But yet these people, they were still tripping over it. The Hebrews were the Jews. That's what this book's about. Not Romans, not the Gentiles Paul wrote to. This is to the Jews he's speaking to. That's why he speaks so uh, boldly to them. And they were trying to mingle all of these traditions back into the original, the gospel. And, and the writer wouldn't have it here. Okay? Which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. There's no profit in all this ceremonialism and all this thing about um, the, the traditions that they taught. There was no profit in that. There was no faith in that. You with me? Nephi says, and they were under the law of Moses. They were under these meats and, and sacrifices. But what, is, what does Nephi say? Oh, the Book of Mormon is such a blessing. For we talk of Christ, we preach of Christ, we teach of Christ, and we make sure our children know for which cometh remission of sins. They were always about Jesus. This kind of stuff took Jesus away from them. It clouded them. Jesus was concealed in that law. It was way cloudy and murky, right? And what did the New Testament do? As the Lord resurrected from the dead and the veil was rent in twain, right? Does anyone know what the veil is? What, tell me what that was, the veil. What was the veil? Okay. It was the curtain. Right. Let me give you a visual. This is a sanctuary, right? Yes? Right? Holy place. You believe it's holy? Better be. We consecrated it to the, to the, to the Lord. It's holy. And in that day, you'd walk into the, into the sanctuary, but then there was this inner place. That's why I hate a rostrum. I would love for this to be cut off and we'd be on the same ground as you guys because we're not above you. The only reason why this is elevated is so you got a better view. But in that day, it was elevated. It was this holy place, and there was a curtain all around it. And this curtain was massive. It went up, I don't know how many feet in the air, but it was like 30, 40, 50 feet in the air. It was closed all the time. And the only one was allowed to go in there was the high priest. And yet, he couldn't go in unless he sacrificed for his sins. Then he went in. It would be clean. Or the Lord would have took him. But when Jesus died, and, he, and, and, and the moment he gave up the ghost, and the plan of salvation was fulfilled, this curtain, what happened to the curtain? Miraculously. It ripped in two and fell. No more insulated from the Father. The great high priest Jesus went into the Holy of Holies in heaven and took the veil down <laughs> because we all have access to, to God the Father now through Jesus Christ. That's, that's why we put the drop of oil on Brother Joe's head. And we have confidence that God is hearing us because Jesus sprinkled the mercy seat. This beautiful chair represents a mercy seat. It's sprinkled by the blood of Christ, his sacrifice. Makes us worthy. 
So they were all stuck on tradition. Next verse. And we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat. Those that aren't Christians, by the way, that's what he's talking about, which served the tabernacle. So there were people that actually served the tabernacle in those days, but they weren't really believers. They had no right to the altar. Okay, next. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. I want you to really focus on this a second because this is really important to Jesus. So, so for sin, the animal was burned and sacrificed outside the camp. We're going to bring any sinful thing into the sanctuary. I just told you it's a holy place. All right. Next. Well, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Does anyone know what that means? I gave you a little, little hint earlier when I said something. He was a citizen of the Hebrew nation. He was of the tribe of Judah. Did he belong in Jerusalem? He was a citizen, Bethany. Huh? He belonged. But what, so what does this mean then? He died where they kept the trash of society. The criminals died on the hill outside the city, and that's where Jesus died. He didn't even die in the city. He was outcast. Is this powerful? There, there's a whole point I'm going to make to this when you talk about sacrifice of praise. We're, we're going to talk about this in a second. This is, if, if Jesus did this, what is he requiring of us? Okay, next verse. So let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. All right, sacrifice of praise. So here's the question. I want you to get a visual. There's the doors. This is a holy place, brothers and sisters, a place of safety. A place, remember last week where I said, this is the place, I'm talking about that new beautiful hymn that everyone's been singing. This is a place where we um, cry, a place where we get forgiveness, right? a place where we receive Christ. This is a place where we say, till death do us part. This is a place where we say goodbye to loved ones. This is a place where we dedicate every child that wants to come to Christ, Amen. We don't baptize them. We bless them and dedicate them. This is a place. It's a place of safety. But the scripture's telling us, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp. What does that mean? How's anybody going to know about Jesus if we don't do what? I can't hear you. What? Give him our testimony. Okay, well, that's good, but you can do that on Sunday in here, Sister Betty. You get up and tell your testimony here. Where? People outside the camp. 
How's anybody going to know about Jesus and what he did for us if we don't leave the safety of this sanctuary and go outside the camp and go teach the gospel to people? Amen? Amen. That's the sacrifice of praise. And I got news for all of us. It starts with our families. You don't see your family here in the camp today? It starts right there. My family's not here. I need to start teaching them about Jesus right now. Because we need to be in the camp. And listen, I'm not saying this is the only camp. I'm, I'm not that naive. Okay? This is a beautiful camp, though. <laughs> I'm here because this is where God, God called me to this camp. But there are many camps that lift up the name of Jesus. And we got to get out of our comfort, brothers and sisters. we got to get out. You want to sacrifice the sacrifice of praise to the Lord? Get out of the camp. And go and teach the gospel and preach it, giving testimony. This is how simple it is. I'm in a staff meeting with all my people. I hadn't seen them in about three weeks. I'd been in Italy. And up on the screen, all my direct reports, they all have to give an update. And this, this is a big group. Boy, they talk about what they've been working on. And one of the most senior folks that works for me is the general manager of all the operations. He puts up one of his, the plant manager, puts his picture up there with his brother. And they both have a glass of champagne and they're toasting each other. And there's a little inscription underneath that says, um, his brother gave him a kidney. He had a rare kidney disease and he was dying. And his brother gave him a kidney, and he's been healed of this disease. The kidney's functioning. His brother gave up his kidney, and our plant manager is lifting a glass to his brother at his wedding, having now seven years been healed. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me. Among all my brothers, or they are my brothers and sisters. I love them so much. And I quoted Jesus. Greater love hath no man than this, than he having given his life for his friend. And I said, when I see these two, I see the love of Christ, that a brother would love his brother so much that he would give a kidney for his brother, that his brother might have a life and have a wonderful life. He's able to get married now, and he's so excited. He has such a beautiful wife. You feel the Spirit of God in that? I did. I took the moment to give it to Jesus, the praise. Now, I wasn't worried if someone was uncomfortable. I didn't care. I quoted the scripture. Let them turn me into HR. That don't bother me. I'm 61 years old. I'm all right. I'll go to Walmart next. <laughs> and I know some of us don't have that opportunity all the time. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, when the Spirit of the Lord touches you, you're not worried about anything. You're bold for Christ. Scripture says when, they, when the Pharisees seen the boldness of Peter and John, they took note that they had been with Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. They crucified him. But when they seen the boldness of Peter and John, they counted it joy when they were beaten with stripes. They said they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Do people take notice that you're without the camp bearing his reproach, brothers and sisters, bearing the cross of Calvary in your life, and you're giving praise to the Lord in every situation? Amen. 
I'm going to tell you how it starts. It starts right here being in church. It starts right here having the strength of the brothers and sisters in fellowship and hearing God's word that keeps us on the straight and narrow. That's where it starts. You aren't going to be equipped to bear the reproach outside the camp if you're not in the camp, brothers and sisters. You're with me this morning. Next verse. You're so worried about the camp here? Read that verse. Stephen, read that for me. For here have we no continuous duty, but we seek one tonight. What do, you, what do you think that means? I don't mean to put you on the spot. If, if, you, if, if you don't want to answer, that's okay. We have no continuing city in this life. And you, you say, wait, 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 that doesn't make sense. We got New York, we have LA, we have Chicago. Phoenix is the fifth largest city. I call this home. When I come home from traveling, I feel nice, I'm home. As a, as a Christian, as a saint of God, you should never be comfortable. Your eyes and your heart should be fixed on where Jesus is. You with me there? And if, you're, and, if, and if it's not there in your heart and in your life, you need to check that. Because this is calling it out. The writer's saying, we seek a, a city that is yet to come in our life. You remember that beautiful hymn by Squire Parsons? I'm kind of homesick for a country in which I've never seen before. And he goes on to say, no more heartaches will there be spoken, and time won't matter anymore. And then he calls out Beulah Land, sweet Beulah Land. There my home shall be eternal, Beulah Land. I'm excited for sons, Ronnie. I'm excited for her. 90-some years laboring and toiling, looking for a city, and it's within her view, the paradise of God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You can't see it on your own, brothers and sisters. You see it by faith. You see it by the Spirit of the Lord within your soul. That's how you see heaven. And these saints of God that had the Spirit of God within them, filling their hearts, they constantly seen the city. Those early apostles, they wanted to be where Jesus was. They wanted to be where the Lord was. Oh, the 12 disciples on this land, 10 of them said, Lord, when we come to the age of man, 70 plus 2, we want to speedily go into your kingdom. And the Lord blessed them for that. The other three, we know the story there. It's awesome. Next, next verse. So this is very important. Two words. By him. Who's him? Jesus. Who said that? 
Who said that? Nancy. And then Gloria said it. By him, Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. You can't sacrifice your life and praise the Lord without Jesus in your life. You are incapable of sacrificing your stubborn, devilish, sensual nature, the Book of Mormon says. It's impossible. It's by Jesus that has the power to change our lives. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. And I'll add, continually. Brother Joe, I'm not well. I've been suffering with this pain. I can't sleep. This side of my head feels like it's going to explode. Okay? But the praise coming from my lips, Lord, I want to thank you and I love you because you saved, you, you saved my soul from the enemy. Amen. Amen? Amen? I'm in the fiery furnace and I know God can deliver me. But the Hebrew children said, but if he doesn't, what did they commit that they were going to continue to do if he doesn't? Jameson. Right. They would not bow down to a false king. Their king was God the Father. They were going to bow down. And all of a sudden, the king got so upset with them, he turned that furnace up seven times hotter. And he looked in, and what did he see? He see three Hebrew children, and who else? He seen Jesus. You know what, brothers and sisters? It's by him and through him we offer the sacrifice of praise. And he doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't just say, oh, that's nice. No, no. You step out for the Lord, he's right there with you. You believe that today? You believe it? Don't be afraid, brothers and sisters, to step out for Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't lose the battle of pressure and peer pressure. Don't lose the battle to the enemy. Step out on faith, brothers and sisters. Jesus will be with you. Okay? Next verse. Now, this is awesome here. Because you're going to step out and do work for the Lord. And then we're going to forget about all this? No. And so this says, but to do good and to communicate. What's communicate mean? I'll tell you what it means. You see a need, you get busy. That's what communicate means. It means don't be too busy in your life to look and see where there's a need that you might be able to help. You ever meet somebody, and the first thing they want to do is tell you all about what they're doing, their, their whole life. <clears throat> That's why I say, brothers and sisters, praising the Lord is not about me. It's about, it's about God. And sometimes we're so busy talking about ourselves, we don't communicate and see where there's a need. Forgetting not, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. So we could be praising the Lord with our lips all the day long. And the person that's naked and not clothed and hungry, we turn our back on. 
that doesn't work with God. Right? So the two go hand in hand. I love the writer. Doesn't forget to put this in. If you really have, go back one more verse again, the 15th verse, Brother Micah, thank you for hanging with me here. By him, if you really are by Jesus doing good works, you won't, you won't ignore the need. That's, that's, just, that's just the way God operates. So, a couple things I want to leave you with. You can finish on that 16th. You can leave it up there. A couple things I want to leave you with. If you want to have a sacrifice of praise, I'm going to give you a couple tidbits. I wish they were up on the screen because then you can get a visual. Um, and, and one day maybe I'll, I'll put this to a PowerPoint and we'll do it. Number one, brothers and sisters, in your life, this will help you. Because I, 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 I got to believe like, like me, when we hear a message like this or a teaching, right away we're saying, I'm not hitting on all cylinders like I should be. You with me? I'm not. And I want to do better. But here's, here's a help. Number one, and I think brothers and sisters, I really believe this. We struggle with this one. We really do. Your vision of God. Now, you might have a different vision than I do. That's okay. But we all better have a united vision of what the scriptures teach us, who God is. You agree? You agree with me? The scriptures give us the insight as to who God is. It's his word revealing to us a little bit about himself. And man, the Holy Spirit makes it alive, okay? Now, here's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You need to savor. You know what that word means. If not, we're going to read it to you. You need to savor your vision of God. Now, let me tell you what that means of Brother Pete. For those of you that know me, would you say I have some passion about a few things? Yes? Now, whether or not I act it out or you don't, that doesn't mean you don't have passion. You better have passion. Doesn't mean how you display it. Everyone's different. But that is something God so beautifully created within us. A passion. You have a passion about something if it's not God. I grant you that. That's why God's first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know why? Because the writer Moses in the Old Testament says, For I, the Lord God, am a... What? Say it real loud. Nancy, you're getting A's today. You know that. I am a jealous God. So where is your passion? Now, I just came back from Italy. Wendy knows. Oh, my goodness. I had so much passion around the food that was being prepared there. There's more than just the taste, right? It's, it's my life. It's, it's, it's my heritage. How many of us that were of a Spanish heritage or an Italian heritage, something that's very ethnic, and, and, and that's okay if you're all Heinz 57 and mixed up. That's okay, too, because you're still important to God. But to those of us that have this awesome heritage, right, 
You look at this stuff and it's more than just food and it's more than flavors mixed together. It is like part of your life. I was having memory imprints of my grandparents, which means so much to me, right? Coming back in this, in this whole experience. Savor. I savored the experience. Before I actually took a bite, I was like, I was already in heaven. Oh, what this is gonna be like. Just look at that rosemary. They picked it right off the bush and boom, 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 and the olive oil and oh my God, the seasonings. And I'm savoring all of this before I even got going. You with me? Do you savor God before he even blesses you? Do you savor the Lord and all what he is in your vision to you? You cannot sacrifice for him and praise him adequately. You can't even live for him adequately unless you truly savor what God is for you. When I think about what Jesus did for me on the cross, in my life, who I was before I met the Lord and who I am to now, I savor all that, brothers and sisters. It excites me. I taste it in my mouth. I smell it, the beautiful aroma. When you see something that's phenomenal, the senses started to work, don't they? Saliva starts, and all of a sudden, you get little goosebumps. They, your hairs start to stand on end. That's savoring. Let me read this to you. You'll love this definition. See if, it, see if it applies. I don't care if you're going to buy a car, new car. You young people, the first new car you buy, you're going to be like, you're just going to be so excited. You'll savor the whole experience before you actually get in and smell the leather and you actually feel the tightness of the, of the steering wheel. You'll savor all that before you even get in. Savor, a particular flavor or smell or experience that measures the quality that makes the experience enjoyable. That measures the quality that makes the experience enjoyable. Okay? What qualities do you vision or have vision that the Lord has given you? What are his qualities? I want one. Patty, what do you think? That you savor. What is one of the most awesome qualities, characteristics that God has given you that you savor in your life? Putting you on the spot, huh? I'm sorry. Well, okay, just give me one. You don't have to be the most important one. Oh, beautiful. So God to you, in your vision, is a forgiving God. Would you associate love with that as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And do you savor that? I would think we would. There's certain times in our lives that when that remembrance comes in our heart, maybe it's something we've done and we need God's forgiveness. Maybe it's something that someone's done to us and we've got to forgive them and we're struggling. All of a sudden we begin to savor what God has done and forgiven us from. And it, it changes our perspective, right? Savor. 
You with me? How can you enhance that in your life? Well, I'll tell you how you can enhance savoring. One of the things that I do, because I'm in the food business, I don't care what business you're in, IT, you're, you know, you're in the service business, I don't care what business you're in. Healthcare, taking care of people, right? Serving others, I don't care what it is. You know how you savor? You learn more about it, right? The more you learn, the more you learn to appreciate, then you begin to savor. Second, we need to strengthen our vision of God in each other. That's another. And that, that comes by worshiping together, fellowshipping together, lifting God up together. When you speak about God and not about you, my vision is enhanced of what God's doing in your life. If you get up and talk all about you, it's, it's clouded. You with me? It's about what God's doing. God is to be praised. It's he's the focus, right? He's the, he's the total, no, but you don't understand, Brother Pete, my life this, and I have this need, and I have that need, and that, we all have needs, brothers and sisters. We're all needy. I don't care what it is. And you might look at someone and say, but boy, you know, they don't struggle financially and all that. You don't know what they're going through. We all have needs. Emotional, physical, right? Spiritual. God. He's the answer. All the focus needs to be on God. Lastly, got to spread the vision. Got to spread the vision. So, as we've been teaching, upward, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the savor. You're savoring God, you're worshiping God. You're blessing his holy name, right? Sharing the vision inward. We're sharing it together. We're fellowshipping together. We're growing together in the vision of our Lord God. And then sharing outward. Amen? All right. I'm going to wrap this up. We're done. Um, there's a lot more to this lesson. We could do a part two. Uh, oh, my, there's, there's, oh, my goodness. There's... Also, other principles of, I want you to just listen to these three principles. The sacrifice of a shared life, the sacrifice of suffering, and the sacrifice of praise. We just covered the praise part. There's a shared life, and then there's a sacrifice of suffering, which some of us go through, right? All right, so lastly, I would say this to you that Oh, I just want to leave this one. It's the conclusion. I pray, brothers and sisters, that we all need to help each other. Enter the Holy of Holies without a veil. You hear me? Enter the Holy of Holies without a veil. The veil was rent in twain, and Jesus did that on the cross. But you know what the enemy's going to do in your life? He's going to put the veil right back up again. Now, I, I, I don't have access to Jesus. I, I'm struggling with that, and 
I don't feel close to him, and I, 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 I got to go to the minister for access, and that's not right. So all of us need to help each other take the veil down and enter the Holy of Holies where Jesus is. Yeah? Okay. Now let me help you with that. Let's personalize that. You individually are a Holy of Holies. Your heart is a temple. And if you have a veil up over that temple, God can't get in. The power of the blood of Christ rent the veil. That veil is unbelief. That's all it is. That veil in our heart is when unbelief starts to creep in. And by the power of the blood of Christ, you've got to get that veil to be rent in twain every day of your life where Jesus can freely have a residence in your heart. We have to help each other. You hear me? I need you. You need me. That we might have the veil of unbelief rent, the scripture says, and that Christ is glorified. I love you, brothers and sisters. I, I hope this was inspiring and, and exciting for you. I hope that in your heart, you want to be more determined to praise the Lord through sacrifice. Less of this, although this is important. We heard in Hebrews, it's important. But it's not going to be effective without the spiritual works that go with it. Amen? The, the two go hand in hand. All right? So may God bless you.